0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Blue Wire Podcasts. Yeah, baby. It's Thursday night on the OBR stream. I hope you are enjoying uh, via Twitch and YouTube. My name is Brad Ward. I'm the host of All Eyes on Cleveland. Like we do every Thursday night, uh, Make sure you uh, make your feelings felt in the chat. Uh, Send your questions out our way. And uh, we have a really good show in store for you here tonight. I'm actually super excited about this. Um, We have a special guest with us uh, who knows more uh, about the draft than than I do, or at least I pretend to. Uh, We have Joe DeLeon on with us tonight. Joe is... um, A busy man. Joe is a (laughs) uh, college football and NFL draft analyst and expert. He is the host of uh, Believe Podcast Network's uh, NFL Prospects uh, show. Believe in NFL Prospects show. Pardon me. He's also the host of The First Team on Stadium, which is an excellent show, and also uh, the Rufino and Joe show, right? Did I get Uh, all of them? Yeah, you
1: you got all of them down right, and... No, just excited to talk about this Browns draft though. I'm I'm excited to see what uh what the Browns could do. I know they don't have a first round pick, but certainly have holes that need to be filled by uh by next yeah. season so that they can take that next step forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh you know, it the excitement for Browns fans is kind of eh, you know. You don't pick till seventy four, ninety eight. Not not usual Browns uh, excitement. You were used to picking pretty high in the draft, <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, this is uh, it's okay. You know, uh, what did you think, um, Joe, of the trade for Elijah Moore?
1: I, I think that it's it's a very low risk trade for an underrated, talented receiver that wasn't getting enough love uh, in New York where he was, and it, it's almost a poor man's version of what the Panthers and the Bears did when the Bears traded for DJ Moore. And I think that Elijah Moore has a lot of potential. He can be not the number one receiver in this offense, but a key contributor. And I I think that that's probably the biggest need that needs to be addressed still in the draft for the Browns is to get another young player into the mix to maybe be that primary guy. But I liked the trade. I thought that the trade addressed the need with a guy who maybe he pans out, maybe he doesn't, plays the same level as he did in New York, still is a talented guy that can make some plays uh, when you call upon him to do so.
0: Um, Yeah, I I think we have high hopes for him. Uh, Just because David Bell, you know, they took last year, and and I have not given up on David Bell by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that uh, what... Uh, he brings a little He brings a little bit more to the table than David Bell does athletically. Uh, there's some stuff that we've liked on tape. Uh, he can, you know, turn some corners around. He's a pretty quick guy. So I think Elijah Moore can do some stuff in this offense, and we're kind of hoping that we see an uptick in passing, I think, at least I am, um, from this offense. And uh, we've kind of front office and, and coaching staff has left some breadcrumbs that they're going that direction with Deshaun Watson, of course. Uh so I'm hoping that's the direction they go. I know some Browns fans are not, you know, we've got, we've got a lot of Nick Chubb diehards that, you know, we don't want to give any carries away from Nick Chubb, but uh either way, uh I did want to ask you first before we dive into, you know, what we can uh you know, get at 7498 and mm-hmm. so on and the guys you like in those areas um and some of the Browns' needs, as you mentioned already, kind of a playmaker. But um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on... So, you know, Andrew Barry and uh, his front office have been very uh, uh, strict. Well, they've, they've been pretty strict to their guardrails. Um, and they, they follow basically the two, the age guardrail and then the RAS score guardrail that they try to stay within. Uh, that's not the right one. Um here are, like, pass rusher... Uh, I, let me get to the right uh, thing here. Uh, I'm going through all the slides that we're going to come to. But uh, here's all the Browns' picks this year. They don't start till 74, 98, 111. So they do have eight picks. I don't know, Joe, if they can fit eight guys on their roster. If you've been paying attention to their free agency, they've been pretty active um, mm-hmm. in adding, trying to fill some holes. But um, here are, like you know if you can see that uh you know the uh they haven't in the first three rounds taken a player that would be 23 years old in week one of their first season so that's kind of a cutoff line for the first three um and then you know it changes a little bit uh and they will bend the the rules a little bit there as, as they go into rounds four through seven um but What do you think of the age guardrail? Uh, I kind of, with the COVID year, it's an older class, and the Browns are kind of like, you know, they want to win now mode. Like, I think they need to win now Mm -hmm. to save Stefanski's job this year, kind of. Um, And with that, all those things at play, I'm kind of like wishing they would bend those age guardrails a little bit more um, is kind of my thoughts on it. Where, where you come out on the age guardrails? Cause I know not every team, uh, you know, falls in line with that.
1: Yeah. I think with, with both age and the RAS, I, I am in agreement with that team building philosophy for both of them to one approach and attack, drafting younger players and also drafting more physically gifted players uh, in terms of the age, there's just a lot more room for growth a lot of times with younger players. I know that that is easier said than done. You know, th- yeah. I know that there's a lot of young players that don't really pan out. And the thing with older guys is, yes, they're going to be a little bit more developed. It, it kind of goes in line with the whole conversation with Anthony Richardson versus Will Levis, where Will Levis is older, Anthony Richardson's much younger. And a, a big reason why you bank on the younger player, again, is they've got more time to develop. They've been playing the game for a less amount of time. Uh, they've got less snaps under their belt so that they can grow into the position a little bit better. It can also play to the standards, the technique, the scheme. You can develop those players the way that you want them to, to fit your roster and fit your team's needs. In addition to the RAS stuff, though, you should always be going for good athletes. And I think that there's a reason why oftentimes we do see these these guys that test well at pro days and at the NFL combine are propped up and are bumped up is because – Teams want guys that just can move well. There are a lot of times that these guys that have these physical limitations that eventually become liabilities in the NFL. And more often than not, a lot of these teams look at the approach of, as long as I can teach this guy that's athletic, he can figure it out compared to a guy that might have those high, uh, those athleticism or length limitations. Um, But again, I think both those things, it makes sense why, why the Browns have gone with that approach, considering some of these other position groups that they have on the current roster are, our older players.
0: Um, it's interesting. They took Alex Wright at 78 last year out of UAB. What were your thoughts on Alex when he came out? Did, did you have a high grade on him? Or you're, you're he, he he struggled in his first year.
1: Yeah, I thought that that was a, a realistic projection for where he was drafted, but a, a lot of times what I think the expectation for a third-round pick, I think a lot of people just assume first, second, third-round picks are going to be immediately impactful But frankly, a lot of these guys that go third round or later, if they contribute as like a moderate starter somewhere at that level, that's a success for the pick. Not every single guy is going to be uh, an all pro. Not every single guy is going to be a high level starter. If you can get them to contribute various snaps in their first season, maybe even if it's just special teams for a third round pick, um, I think that that's an ideal outcome.
0: Yeah, he um, you know, he played like 500 snaps. He had uh, like a 38 uh, PFF grade, so not great. Yeah. Um, and and so my kind of thing is like thinking, like, all right, their needs, right? They addressed defensive tackle with Dalvin Tomlinson. They got Okoronkwo on the edge. Now he's never played more than 500 snaps, Joe. So, you know, he's playing across from Miles Garrett. I think they still need to address the defensive line in a big way. Where do you come out on defensive, like young defensive tackles? Like my thing is like, I would rather take an edge earlier in the draft. And I know we're talking about third round. So now, so it's a little different than like first or second. Right. But like, um, if you're trying to get a contributor right away, like I have no problem with them going back to edge at 74 this year because you didn't see a lot of promise from Alex and you know, okay. Ah, uh, you need another body there. And defensive tackles, it seems like take time, more time than edges do to adjust to the NFL. They got to change their body. They got to adjust from the college game. Do you believe in that or or do you would you not have a problem going defensive tackle and thinking thinking that he could help it, at, at that early? It
1: just depends on the player. I think I think that there's in this class, especially, there's a number of guys in the third round that could fit that description of what you're looking for and, when you draft a defensive tackle in the third round, their role is going to be a lot different than one that you draft in the first round. Like if I'm drafting somebody in the third round, it's somebody who's just maybe going to take up space that is um, a bit more of a space eater. I think like a guy like Byron Young or Zach Pickens is somebody to acknowledge at that spot at defensive tackle. But this year's class is very talented at edge and it's very, very deep at edge that frankly the Browns can address it any round. Any of the picks that they have, and they could end up coming out with a starter. I think last year's edge group was not nearly as deep as the class that we're going to be seeing this upcoming okay. season. And I think one guy in general that to pay attention to more so on day three, one that I keep recommending is is Nick Hampton from Appalachian State, who had a pretty strong performance at the senior bowl and, and is one again to just monitor as maybe a day three pick for for a team that just needs some depth at edge rusher.
0: Interesting um okay so uh let's take a look here at some of this stuff i have your top fives that i can kind of grab now not a lot of those are going to come into play where the browns are picking but uh some of those names that you know at the end of the top fives are straggling you know everybody's got different top fives and some names are around there on mocks and stuff so everybody's kind of got a different thing this is our uh we have a guy our capologist he's pretty good with this stuff but this is all of the uh you know uh defensive line guys um before the guardrails are applied and then after here so these are the guys that would fit in round three the guardrails uh you see there the raz age pass rush um the guy that that clicks both of them uh as you see Nick Hampton there on that list there uh but I think it's uh Herbig right I think he was yep. one that uh hits all three of them what do you think of him as a player
1: Uh Nick Herbig I think is just a, is a really good football player Wisconsin notoriously puts out just really well coached edge rushers I don't think that he's somebody who turns into like a 10 plus sack guy but as a rotational okay. edge rusher, I think he's got the, the traits that you're looking for. I uh, definitely think that Herbig is somebody to to pay attention to for the Browns. That again just could be a really nice strong contributor. I, I look look at the history of the Wisconsin guys that have been put into the NFL, and again, just really fits that stereotype as a as a Badger defender that was coached by
0: Jim Leonard. Um, interestingly enough, here. So let me uh, let me uh, go uh, back here. Uh, to the beginning. So I don't know if the, if he's going to be around, but he's one that's on our list, and of course we like him here in Ohio, right, of course. Uh, but he is you know, prototype, typical size, uh, you know, everything he's got as far as the athletic stuff. It feels like he's not quite as polished or maybe, maybe he hasn't had to be as polished as he needed to be and kind of got away with doing it with his athleticism in college. Where are you at with Harrison, and will he even be around at 74, do you think?
1: I think he certainly could be. I don't think that Harrison tested as well as we were hoping for a very highly recruited kid that just didn't really develop at Ohio state. And that's to the benefit of the Browns where I think he's going to be on the board. I don't have him ranked within my, my top eight or so, which a lot of those guys are going to go in the top probably 70 picks. So Harrison, I think is a very realistic projection to end up on the Cleveland Browns. If, if that's somebody that they end up targeting, um, but again, really talented guy that just didn't really pan out, I think, as everyone expected him to. Everyone thought he was going to be the next one after Bosa and after Chase yeah. Young. And,
0: you know, he just never got to that point. Yeah, you're, you're right. Um, certainly, there's kind of the, in the same boat. Really good athlete here, Derek Hall. Uh, do you expect him to be around? What do you think of Hall's game? And kind of the same thing, right? Great athleticism, but maybe not as polished as he needs to be.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that Derek Hall is also a very good edge rusher. Realistically, I think he goes before Harrison, and he might be somebody that's okay. not on the table. Uh, he was a really good performer at the Senior Bowl, and I think a lot of teams that do value those older veteran guys on day two, someone like Derek Hall, is him particularly, is going to be probably selected early to late second round uh, once he is picked.
0: Interesting. Um, there's a couple other interesting guys here I wanted to hit on, uh, with you, if you don't mind me going through these with you. Um, so I am a huge fan, uh, of Byron, um, Young here, right? He is 25 years old though. So he's probably not on the Browns radar, right? Mm -hmm. But this is a guy that ran a four-four-three, can jump. I mean, the the, the, the athleticism stuff is out of this gym, out of the world, right? Like, so, um... Do you have him as an edge or an interior guy? And what do you think of him?
1: So just to clarify, I brought up Byron Young earlier. There's actually two Byron Youngs in the class. There's a Byron yes. Young who's a defensive tackle with Alabama, and then there's the edge rusher from Tennessee. Yes. Uh, they were both at the senior bowl, which was especially confusing. But uh, I, I think <laughs> I you know another guy who's awesome athlete, didn't really pan out. The production didn't really pan out. I'm very wary of a guy like Byron Young. Kind of goes back to the whole age debate thing because – Yeah, You guys have guys that are really good athletes that are a lot older, that 25 age mark that you said, and they weren't productive in college. That usually means that they're kind of past that point of, are they going to be able to figure it out? Are they going to be able to put together the athletic traits to be productive? So someone like him, I'm very wary on, uh, he might be somebody to take a chance on day three to see if he can develop into a weapon. At the very least, you got a good athlete and he's going to play really good on special teams. He'll probably cover kicks like a madman because he's so fast. Um, but again, I'm a little more wary on a guy like him because he's, he's on the older side.
0: The other, the guy that I was really interested in here though is, um, and he's around in all the mocks, right? But like this dude, and he looks so thin, uh, but everybody says that, you know, he's six seven two sixty Andre Carter from army. And a lot of like what there's like, he, they're like, Oh, he needs to put on muscle mass but he hasn't been able to because uh, of his Army obligations. Basically, they run all day and night, right, like that, with their PT and everything that they're doing, and that like that he should be able to put on weight right away. What do you think of him, and is that a realistic like thing, like you expect him to be able to go in the league and put weight on right away? Yeah, he's somebody
1: at the beginning of the season that, has just crazy physical traits, massive, freakish athlete, great length. Uh, I'm a little, out, I'm kind of out on him, admittedly, the way that he tested. Uh, th- th- I understand the limitations of being somebody who was at a service academy, like you mentioned, but at the same time, I can't put my faith in somebody who is the strength limitations, the way that he tested, uh, his movement skills, testing numbers were poor. Uh, the same thing with, with his, Long speed. I, I just was really disappointed with his his athleticism. Probably a day three pick, if that, at this point with the way that his, really? his process is okay. Yeah, and he, he got bullied at the Senior Bowl. And I think that that is, is really the biggest red flag of him having to show up and go, go up against some good tackles and just not having a very good week was was very concerning. Interesting.
0: Um, Real quickly, let's talk about defensive tackles. I know uh, uh, your top five, you have uh, Carter, uh, Kansi, Brian Brees, and then I saw that you guys had Keanu Benton on your show, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, From Wisconsin, you have him at four. And the interesting one is you have Zach Pickens at five. Um, Pickens in a lot of mocks for what they're worth right, uh, have him around late day two sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think that's a mistake? You think he'll be well gone by then?
1: Uh, I think realistically, he does go late day two for me okay. personally, though. I would take him sooner. I love Zach Pickens for what he brings to the table, which is just a really powerful anchor. And then I was really pleasantly surprised by the value that he provided as a pass rusher, so like. I just think that he's very going under the radar right now. And he was once a really highly recruited kid. He was once a five-star recruit. Uh, you see that athleticism and it kind of came to fruition this past season and wasn't really something he was, he wasn't productive early on in South Carolina. But uh, no, yeah. I'm a big fan of Zach Pickens. And I, I I think he goes later than I'm willing, than I'm currently projecting him. And that was why I brought him up earlier that he could be a
0: total steal for a team like the Browns picking where they are. Um. There are who else would you like? So, like, you know, we see like Coburn has been mocked to them. One guy, interestingly enough, that I've seen kind of getting mocked to them more recently, and he's just a massive man is uh, is it Ika Ika?
1: Uh, Siaki Ika. Siaki Ika, I was really excited about at the beginning of the season, kind of gave me some Vita Vea vibes, but. Yeah, man. He cannot move. He is. (laughs) He is a really bad athlete. And I was hoping that he would be a little bit better of an athlete this year. But uh, I'm very careful about Siaki Ika because of some of those. It's just hard to move when you're that big. And he lost a little weight and he still couldn't move at his pro day. So uh, Siaki Ika is more likely a late day three pick from what he's put on put on the field than also at the testing numbers.
0: It's funny, I said the same thing to our film guy at the OBR, and he was like, no, man. He was like, no. He was like, he can, yeah, he said the same exact thing. So, (laughs) interestingly enough that uh, you said that. Um, Any other guys that you really like, you think, uh, be around? I see Carl Brooks sometimes Mm -hmm. as an edge and sometimes as a defensive line guy. Do you have him as an edge or an interior guy from Bowling Green?
1: I have him as an interior guy. He played primarily edge at bowling green, and we got to see what he could be like as a defensive tackle at the senior bowl. And he had a really good first day, but he quieted down really quick. I think he's still new to playing that position and filling out his frame to play the position, but he's somebody to keep an eye on because, again, a little new, a little raw to what he's being asked to do, needs to bulk up a little bit more. I think Carl Brooks, again, is another just great player on the radar and technically a local kid coming from from Ohio, uh, we already know what he looks like in orange, so he might be a
0: nice fit with the Browns. That's a great point. Yeah. Well, 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 well said. You're uh, watching All Eyes on Cleveland with special guest Joe DeLeon. Leone. Uh, he is uh, the host of the Believe in NFL Prospects show. He is the host of the First Team uh, on Stadium and the Rafino and Joe Show. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Joe DeLeon. Leone. Am I saying your last name properly, Joe? You are. You are getting it right. Okay, I would, I would hope, I hope so. All right, there we. Are. I've said it like ten times now, so we want to make sure we get that right. All right, you mentioned wide receiver earlier. The Browns actually had uh, Michael Woods out in. Uh, I, I don't know if you saw this out in Houston mm-hmm. with Deshaun uh, Terry's ACL uh, or his Achilles. Pardon me, and he, he's done uh, for the entire season now. Woods is uh, was a fringe roster guy. I think he would have made it. I actually like him um, a little bit. Uh, But I wonder if that changes their approach in the draft. And I almost feel like With the value you can get from, if you can hit on a young wide receiver on a rookie deal, the amount that it helps your roster construction for the next four years, you know, um, to have a contributor making such little amount of money, I feel like these teams should be taking a swing on on a wide receiver every year in the draft. Um, So I am hoping they still try to take a receiver in the draft, although they did add Marquise Goodwin, uh in free agency right after they added uh elijah moore to add some speed um what do you think this wide receiver class it's kind of size deficient after the Mm. first three guys um out of like that so i don't know uh what your five is for for the wide receiver but um you know i'm thinking like uh jackson smith and jigba i have it one i don't know what you have you can tell me in a minute addison um and then Quentin Johnson and then like we get to the little guys and I'd be interested to see out of like that group of smaller wide receivers who you have the highest what's your top five and what do you think of that next group
1: so we I actually haven't finalized my top five yet we just the process the way that we do the show we go week by week and I've got grades for all these guys or notes and, and everything for all these guys but I haven't gotten to that point yet where I finalized it, but a lot of the names that you've mentioned are in that, in that conversation for me amongst the, uh, the top five guys. But I think just in general, this receiver class, it it doesn't have a lot of depth. It also doesn't have a lot of alpha dogs. I think it's just got a lot of guys that are going to be contributors. I don't know if we're going to really get super, super productive players amongst this class in general. There might be a couple sleepers here and there. Um, but it just overall, I think it's one of the weaker receiver classes that we've seen in the past five years.
0: These guys here, uh, out of, like Tank Dell did, like, tore cornerbacks to shreds at the Senior Bowl. You've got guys like Rasheed Rice, uh, Marvin Mims, uh, you know, Jaden Reed is on here. Um, who do you like the best out of all those guys? And out of all those guys, who do you like the best? And is there a guy at 74 that you would, like, be best case scenario for the Browns at wide receiver?
1: I believe Tank Dell is probably the best case scenario. I, I think for that value of him going in the third round is more realistic. Some people have painted him to be this early day two, maybe even late first round pick. And I'm just, I'm not on the same page with that for Tank Dell. Very underweight. I think he still plays outside of that frame despite being underweight. But it, I, he's got the production to back that he's capable of being productive in the NFL. It's just a lot of times these. Highly productive receivers don't pan out. Like I look at Jareth Stearns, who was from the previous cycle, um, was the leading receiver in college football and hasn't really done anything in the NFL and probably won't do much in the NFL. So I'm wary on those guys that put up big stats, but Tank's got a lot of potential. I think he just needs to add a little more weight to his frame um, to better play up to the expectations that people are giving him right now.
0: Um, how far, I'm very intrigued by the speed that the uh, kid from Nebraska uh, mm-hmm. offers. Uh, I know that's probably kind of trendy. How late do you think he goes in this draft?
1: Uh, third, fourth round, I think is realistic for Palmer. That What's likely f- for me, I believe, will happen, there's going to be a run on receivers. There's going to be a spot where all these speedy guys go early. Uh, or not so much early, but once Zay Flowers or Josh Downs is off the board, I think then comes Jalen Hyatt, uh, then comes Parker Washington. There is going to be an aggressive effort for these teams wanting to add speed that are like, okay, we can't miss out on a guy that we really like, and they're going to pull the trigger, maybe even around earlier than they're anticipating because of that lack of depth. So, uh, someone like Palmer, third fourth round, might get a little bit of a boost because of the the implications on how this this draft is structured at the receiver position.
0: So it's all your safety top five. The Browns uh, went out and got uh, uh, a good safety, obviously, from Kansas City, and uh, they have uh, Grant Delpit uh, that they're going to roll out as their strong safety. They don't really have a third guy, so it's actually an open roster spot there. I expect them to take somebody. You had somebody on your list that I see hanging around sometimes at seven. All right. Uh, Jamie Robinson. What do you think of Jamie? Uh, Do you think he'll be around that? At late.
1: Uh, I do believe that Jamie Robinson's gonna be um on the board around that time frame, somewhere on day two, maybe late day two. Robinson's a a decent athlete for, for his physical profile. And I, I think that he was somebody who was considered to be a high upside player, but didn't really live up to the expectations this season. He did improve though. I think he's got good coverage skills. I think he transitions and moves very, very well. I just need to see a little bit more from him in his decision-making. Um, but as a rotational player, I think absolutely he works. Lacks a little bit of length as well, which is a bit of a concern for Jamie Robinson. But for what you get with him in the third round, I think that he could be a nice uh, a nice snag for the Browns if, if that's somebody that they're interested in
0: okay all right uh the uh question at uh running back then the, the browns need a third running back they drafted uh Cincinnati last year okay uh and he is there he is uh the backup to Nick Chubb currently uh it's a good running back class it feels like is deep class um who do you like uh that might be around there like there's interesting guys like you know I know that um uh, super talented at the top, right? Uh, but there's we're looking at guys like, you know, Devin Ashane, uh, Dwayne McBride, Taj uh, Spears, Rashawn Johnson, Zach Evans. Any of those jump out to you as like, gotta get that guy. He's an elite talent and he might be there third, fourth, fourth round.
1: Uh, I believe that that Tajay Spears is the the elite guy of the grouping, but I just don't think he's gonna be on the board there. Uh, for where the the Browns are picking. I think he's had one of the biggest rises amongst any of the prospects just overall in this class, and he's going to go somewhere early on day two. I have him ranked uh, as high as five on my list of running backs. But outside of that, as you mentioned, there's great depth in this running back class that you really don't need to attack and and be like, oh, I can't miss out on this guy. Because if you don't get J Spears, I look at the possibility in the fifth, sixth round, maybe getting a Mo Ibrahim from Minnesota, Devon A-Chain from Texas A&M, great speed. Uh, I think that a Sean Tucker from Syracuse is somebody to pay attention to who, strong kid, moves very, very well, is an easy athlete, um, very productive, and is has the build to take on a lot of hits. I think another name that doesn't get a lot of love is is Kendry Miller from TCU. Is a big, strong running back and could be uh, a nice addition to that room based on what we know the running style of Nick Chubb is and could be that secondary option to take the load of carries. It just depends on what they want for that additional running back. What type of a guy are they going to go to? Um, if they want to add a receiver, maybe pay attention to a Deuce Vaughn who is small. He's tiny out of Kansas State, but he's a really good receiver. He's a great gadget player. Again, just depends on what the approach is here for the uh, for the Browns and what they want to do with that third or maybe even second running back spot.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, and it's a good year for that, right? Good depth there, Um, and uh, I feel like they can find somebody there. We mentioned safeties. Um, They need a nickel corner now, so it's kind of weird. Like, if you're going to draft for a nickel corner, there's a couple guys that fit that. My, like, draft crush is Clark Phillips. I think he'll be gone by 74. Yeah. And I don't think that you use your, fir- your, your first pick no matter where it is on a nickel corner. But either way, uh, there's a couple other names there. Marquise Williams, uh, Travis Hodge Tomlinson, and and Keetrel Clark. Any of those guys you like for that job?
1: I love clark phillips as well but i just i don't think he's going to be gone quick he's going to be the first nickel corner selected he might even be a a first round selection uh travis hodges tomlinson though yeah i'm a little scared of him just because he's he's tiny he's really small there are not a lot of corners that succeed at that physical profile um but i i think that this class in general there are some good options uh outside of those guys if they're not available um But it it just if they're available in a spot to maybe trade up and go get Clark Phillips, if they really want him and they want to solidify the nickel spot, I say go for it. He's that good of a football player
0: yeah i think that's just me like he's like i just love <laughs> everything about him uh as a player and he's like i listen to him interview and i'm like this dude is so intense in his interviews like yeah if i was a gm i would just want this dude on my football team but oh, yeah that's just kind of how i feel about uh him uh i don't think the browns will necessarily make a move for him or anything like that but they do need to get a nickel corner as greg newsom has been vocal about not wanting to play inside in there so uh, I don't know if they'll go, like, veteran free agent or if you try to find one in the draft. You know what I mean? That's a tough—what what do you think about that? Like, kind of—they have three corners, right? So they took Martin Emerson. They have Denzel Ward on a $20 million contract. And then they have Greg Newsom, who did really well as a rookie on the outside. They tried last year to move him inside. Uh, now they have a new defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz, came, coming in. Um— I wonder how they handle it because Newsom doesn't really want to play inside. And usually the elite guys don't have to, right? Usually it's a, a more physical, uh, willing tackler that you want to play in your in your nickel uh, or your slot. Uh, how do you think they should handle that?
1: Yeah, I, I think it doesn't hurt to approach it of, of going and getting a veteran. But at the same time, the nickel corner position becomes more and more important on a year-to-year basis I mean Jalen Ramsey played a lot in the nickel this last year for the Rams so I I don't think it's a, a detriment to Newsom to make that transition but if he's unwilling they're probably gonna have to go through the draft because realistically there's not that many options that are left on the table in free agency at this
0: moment yeah. All right. I know you're a busy man and you got to go here. I got. I just want to ask you just a couple more questions and we'll get you out of here. I yep. appreciate your time, Joe. Um, linebacker is a spot, you know, the, the Browns have approached it with a lot of one-year deals in the past, and they're bringing back Anthony Walker again. He was lost after like five weeks for the season last year. Um, they have some younger guys behind them, but they haven't really – developed the way that we would like. Uh, So it's going to be Anthony Walker and Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa for the most part uh, at at that second level there. Um, I think they probably look to take one in the draft this year. Um, Who do you like at linebacker, depth, sleeper, maybe somebody we're not thinking about that would be available there?
1: Uh, A couple names that come to mind in that pick range for the Cleveland Browns. One Ivan Pace is a bit of an enigma because of his his physical profile. He's like five ten and change. I think he's like two hundred and twenty pounds. He is a really aggressive blitzer, though. He has really good understanding of of leverage. I just I love his mentality. He is nonstop go 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 kind of mighty mouse approach, uh, being that smaller linebacker. So uh, Ivan Pace is somebody to pay attention to. He's going to play inside, and you can. Uh, Asked him to do a number of different things. Maybe not the best in coverage. Diane Henley from Washington State might be off the board because he's been a big riser throughout the process. But a great athlete. Awesome length. Tested well. Did really well at the Senior Bowl. Was my biggest riser at the linebacker position at the Senior Bowl. And then uh, the last two that I want to throw out there, Owen Popo from Auburn. Another strong athlete. Another good Senior Bowl performer that is a veteran player. And then Demarvin Marvin Overshone from Texas. Overshone is a really fast player that just doesn't really know how to reel it in. And I think uh, a, a team, and especially with, with Schwartz, as you mentioned, is the new DC, might look at a kid like this and say, wow, if I can get him in the fourth round and I just get this guy who's, who's really fast and I can get him to figure it out, I could send him out there and r- run him all over the place alongside Usu Koromoa, who's also a good athlete. Uh, but just some question marks of if he's able to you know, mentally figure it out.
0: Yeah, uh, I watched him overshown uh, cut ups, and I was interested. And in he's you know he's wears the zero, and he's fun to watch. He flies yeah. around. He's con- converted safety, I believe, yes. right? Yes. Um, that my concern there is he's too much alike. Ja, okay. Like, uh, do you think that two guys at that size, like high two twenties, at linebacker creates a problem in the NFL, or is that doable today?
1: I think it's doable today, and I also think you're drafting over or like wherever you draft him is probably on day three and yeah. his role early on is not going to be a starter. It's going to be a backup. So to have that extra depth to play behind basically a Wusukoromo's position, I think is beneficial. You want to have guys that are similar to your starters so that if something goes, goes wrong and a is down for a game, you're not l- really losing too much or have to make massive adjustments because you don't have a guy with a, with a similar physical profile.
0: It's a great point. Uh, I got to ask you about one guy, a linebacker I like. Uh, He's probably a day three guy, uh, I would guess. Maybe not. You can tell me what you think here. But I look at him as like a guy you could use at times, even uh, the way they use him at Florida, even off the edge a little bit. What do you think of uh, Ventrell Miller?
1: I think he's a fine football player. I think the way that you described him as a a third-round pick is is very accurate. Uh, I don't or So not a third round pick a day three pick yeah yeah I, I I don't think he's gonna go any earlier than day three just because this this linebacker class Has a lot of really good athletes in it and a number of the guys that I mentioned there's a bunch of other guys that I didn't even get to that are gonna go early and throughout the first uh three rounds of this draft but uh, i think I think that he's a strong football player and and somebody who's got a good amount of experience that could be uh, a contributor as a as a backup or, or rotational
0: player outstanding uh Uh, uh, so if you were the Browns GM and you could take one player at 74 that you think it'd be there as a sleeper, he fills a need, who would it be for you?
1: One guy who I think is, is a sleeper is, uh, is Brayden Daniels, the interior offensive lineman from Utah. So he's a leaner guy played at left tackle and I look at the Browns having a bit of a need at guard and center and the thing with Daniels is I I think he can play either spot I think he's got the potential to play either of those spots I graded him as a guard my co-host Ryan Roberts graded him as a center so to have him uh and to have the ability to develop him I think that he's got a lot of potential so if we're considering a sleeper here I think that Daniels fits that description
0: yeah, I would love to uh, spend less money on the offensive line. I think that's kind of an issue that we have here in yeah. uh, Cleveland. So I'm all for that. If they, um, all right, uh, you still, you can you still hear me here, Joe? Yeah, we're we I can still hear you. You're all good. All right, all right just making sure by that you can hear me. I got things going off in my year and everything Joe fantastic job Uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter at Joe DeLeon Uh, he is the college football NFL draft analyst host of uh, the Believe Network's Believe in NFL Prospects show uh, he is also the host of the first team on stadium and the Rafino and Joe show. Uh, I may check back in with you, Joe, later on in the process, and uh, sure. maybe we can get you back on and uh, get your thoughts maybe post draft uh, on what the Browns got here. It should be an interesting uh, uh, process to pick 74 to, to pick our player. So thank you so much for your time, brother.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me. I really uh, appreciate uh, hopping on. And again, we'd love to be back on soon uh, after the draft.
0: All right. All right. Thanks, Jay. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Joe DeLeon spending time uh, uh, with us here tonight on All Eyes on Cleveland to go, go over the draft. I have to apologize for uh, uh, the uh, technical difficulties that we're having on my end. In fact, I, I hope that you can... Uh, Hear me right now. Give me a thumbs up if you guys can hear me uh, on uh, in the chat there. All right, good. We're uh, you guys can hear me? Fantastic. I'm sorry about cutting in and out there, but Joe is uh, fantastic. Did a terrific job taking us through kind of what's going to be there for the Browns at uh, seventy four and ninety eight uh it's tough guys you know we are used to for years and years and years uh of having our day one draft parties and uh, everybody getting hyped up for uh an early pick that will uh immediately impact what the browns do that year and i think that like a lot of people a mistake that i'm even making when i'm watching some of these players right is like hey this guy that we take at 74 is going to make an immediate impact for the Browns, right? And I think that that may be like, yeah, if they hit there or if they hit at 98 or or it could even at safety uh, because they're missing a roster spot there. I think you could find a safety like uh, Jamie... Um, His name has escaped me now. Robinson from Florida State. Who can fill in on... (laughs) Serge wants Jack Campbell. Uh, Who can fill in when they need a three-safety set. Um, I think if they were to take a cornerback like uh, Tredavious Tomlinson... Tomlinson is um, uh, actually LaDamian Tomlinson's nephew. Uh, So he has some uh, good... uh, good uh, NFL bones there, uh, bloodlines it is. Uh, so, you know, those guys, I think that, uh, you know, they do need that slot guy. A uh, Safety is going to get on the field. But the guys that they take at 74 and 98 won't necessarily be game changers. They really just need to be, like, a, a role player, right? Like, they need to be role players is what we need. So if they go defensive line. And listen, I'm not afraid like I I heard somebody else talking about this the other day that if you take Alex Wright last year at 78, they're picking again at 74 this year. I did not see enough from Alex Wright to deter me from taking an edge again for this year. If he ends up working out, right? Like if he ends up coming on in in, in 2020 uh you know this season 2023-24 20, if he ends up coming on and um uh becomes the player that you thought he was going to be when you drafted him great it's a bonus right but you you can go ahead and take another edge there you need bodies there you're going to need guys that can come off the edge so if they don't do it in free agency um like go out and get a uh a depth piece off the edge uh which i think they're actually gonna probably uh sign this woods guy i'm hoping they sign al woods uh on the interior he visited in cleveland this week the jets signing Qu- uh quinn and williams to a long-term deal so i would think woods maybe ends up signing Uh, with the uh, Browns because he visited with both teams. So I'm hoping that would add some more depth to the interior. I'm all about free agents on the interior and you can go youth at the edge. Um, But I want to put somebody else out there to challenge Alex Wright, right? Right. Like, it just wasn't good enough. So I'm cool with taking that. You guys like Jamie Robinson in the chat? I am a huge fan of Jamie Robinson. Great athlete. Think that he could be there at 74, and I think that would be a steal, right? I like what Joe said about the running back position. You don't have to force it. There are a ton of good backs in this draft. Uh, There are going to be guys there all the way uh into day three that you can that you can add to this team uh that will fill in behind uh jerome ford uh all right let's go see uh what you guys got going on here in the chat and see if i can answer some questions before i hear yes sir jack campbell it's it's um incredible player it's hard not to fall in love with it his film right like immediately just don't think he's gonna be there uh at 74 uh to be honest uh are there any players that could drop in the 40s and 50s you think they would trade up for it? listen uh it's interesting you know if you've followed andrew barry's um stylings uh in the draft when he does trade up He always goes two for two with his trade. So, like, even if he has traded up in the past, like, when he moved up to get JOK, for example, uh, he'll trade one uh, draft pick to move up, but also get one back later. So it's always two for two for him, trying to uh, make uh, that. I would be okay with a trade up, too, but you really got to love somebody, and it's got to be somebody that—the reason why I'm okay with it, to your guys' point— is I don't think that there is, and I think Jack uh, Duffin disagrees with me on this, I don't think there's eight spots. Like, I don't think we need to draft eight players in this draft, if that makes sense. Um, so using some of that leverage uh, to some of, those, some of those draft picks to make a move up in the draft or even take a pick into 2024, um, I think would be smart. Uh, but, like, It's like, for me, it's like edge, right? I I, I think you need an edge uh, if they don't address it prior in free agency. You definitely need a running back. You definitely need a safety, and and I think you should get a slot corner. Uh, You need a linebacker. That's like five picks, six if you want a wide receiver, um, which I think you should keep swinging at. Like, There's just so much value in getting a wide receiver on a rookie deal. And, and Ty Sox makes a great point. Tight end is another one. So maybe they do use all eight picks, right? I, we just named like eight positions that we want. So maybe I'm fooling myself here a little bit with that. But this tight end class is terrific, right? So you want to talk about deep and talented and big and athletic. This tight end class has it all, man. And there, there will be guys there tight ends uh, that you can add. Uh, offensive line, they're always going to address, um, but like I don't think that they have to go get an offensive lineman here. I know that uh, a lot of people want them to take a potential left tackle of the future, but I think that can wait a year personally, Ty Sox. Like I, I don't think... Um, I think they're going to give... Wills, his extension, so I think you could probably address that next year if you wanted to. Um, but, yeah, Fumble, you you nailed it, man. Tight end is deep. Running back is deep. Those are strong, strong suits in this class. And one thing that I was interested about uh, in this class, the wide receiver class is not as good at the top as it has been in, in the past. But I, I heard somebody say this, and I completely agree. It's like just a bunch of wide receiver threes throughout the entire class. There's wide receiver threes for days in this class. Like, you can just keep going and going and going. If you want a small guy with speed, if you want a bigger guy, like, there's more small guys, definitely, that are better. Um, there's a group there right after the top three guys of small guys that we kind of went through, right? Rice and... and. Uh, uh, Tank Dell and all those guys there in that second grouping, Marvin Mims, all them, like who all test very similarly. They're all kind of the same size and they'll all kind of probably go in the same area of the draft. But then you get into like your Jaden Reeds and, and your uh, Trey Palmers and even guys like Matt Landers and, and uh, Wheaton. uh it, it, that you're looking at in day three, guys. It's just super deep. The, all of these guys at wide receiver could probably play wide receiver three for somebody. Uh, let me check out and see what you guys hear. I'm sure Watson wouldn't mind another tight end. Yeah, Larry said he didn't think we'd take tight, tight end. Uh, we do need someone at guard to add to that group. Do we need a guard? I, I don't. I guess because... Uh, uh, Froholt left. Um, they might need a body there, but man, they pull bodies on the on this offensive line out of nowhere. I mean, uh, let me look at the uh, let's let's uh, it's a good point. Let me bring up um, Jack's roster here, and we can kind of look at the uh, depth uh, at where we're at here, guys. Uh, kind of looking at things. Yeah, Deaton should be back from his injury at center, so at guard you have batonio teller uh deaton can play guard you have drew forbes uh, and they just signed west martin so um i guess you could add a guard there um i just don't know that seems like the last thing on the list for me like uh, uh forbes yeah and the new guy uh won't happen uh but Tyler Scott as a future starter yeah i mean i love Tyler Scott but the problem is i think everybody else does too <laughs> everybody else loves him too uh so you're looking at Scott probably uh coming off uh the board uh before um before we get a shot at him uh, better like Callahan. Yeah, I agree. Like one of my issues, Ty Sox, has been um, that th- this team has they just don't lean into what what Callahan can do as an offensive coach. This guy is a wizard, right? He pulls guys off the off the street. He makes them uh, terrific off defensive line guys they've filled in he's done time um, and i the depth uh for that forbes i think will be fine as a backup yeah um and uh and they'll have other guys there too uh i mean they they really do have a number of of guys if you look at hudson and then they have a hag uh they have some practice squad guys uh they can always bring guys like Dunn back and and all that stuff. So I, I mean uh yeah I I would bring back Dunn. If they can bring back Dunn and put him on the practice squad, I I agree Larry. That that would be a good move, I think. Uh, cuz he's done it before. Um if we do draft a Nickel, uh this is from Serge. Appreciate your guys' uh contribution in the chat today. Um, if we do draft a nickel cornerback and he's good, do we move on from Ward Newsom or Emerson in the off season? It's a great question. Like this, this, I spend, to be honest, guys, I spend way too much time thinking about how they're going to (laughs) handle this cornerback situation. And I should just realize that me thinking about it isn't going to solve anything. Um, but I, I think probably if you had a guy come in. And ball out as a nickel uh, cornerback. I think you would probably move off of one of those guys in the future, right? Like I, I don't like for this year. I think you use the depth to your advantage. But after this year, if it's for you, you were to get lucky and and somehow you bring in a guy that's really good uh, at the um at, at uh, yeah at the nickel corner for me it would be Newsome fumble I agree with you uh, but for a lot of other people they would rather come off of Emerson I like the extra I like the extra year on the rookie deal of Emerson and I would never trade Emerson away uh, he is exactly uh, what you need uh, on this defense this defense needs more of the nasty guys, right? Like, they need, need some more dog. Like, part of the problem last year is that they were just a bunch of guys making business decisions and and they just didn't have an identity and a toughness identity, right, that they could rally behind. And I, I put some of that on Joe Woods, but some of it on the players as well. So, like, I, you know, adding somebody like the guy that I was talking about, like Clark Phillips, although he won't be there, would be the perfect – corner you you could you know nickel corner you could move off of one of those three and he brings that dog the nasty to the team right um so uh newsom was uh a first round pick so he will have a fifth year option so you're right uh, i'm wrong good call there Way to to keep me on my toes, Paul. You are correct. I am wrong. So they would have the equal amount of years, although that fifth year does get uh, more expensive. And and you're absolutely right, Kevin. Normally, like, that's why I think if they just get a nickel, to your point, that they're the walking wounded, right? Cornerbacks are always dinged, right? And for the Browns cornerbacks, uh, what was it? One year when uh, um, Money Mitchell was here, he played more snaps than any other corner in the entire NFL because Ward was hurt, then uh, Newsom was, missed some games, and then Ward missed some games. He played more snaps than any player in the NFL that year. So um, it makes it makes it necessary to have depth there, but when you're talking about three elite guys... Then I think, and you find a nickel. Then I think you can deal from a position of strength. Because to be perfectly honest, like I like AJ Green as depth, and when they've used him, when he's had to step up, he has stepped up and played well. Um, yeah, I, I'm anxious to see what Schwartz does. Absolutely, uh, with this defense, I think it'll be much better. And I, you know, he's he's an ass kicker, and I I think that. Um, yeah, absolutely. From I think that he will bring some of that personality to the table as far as that goes, uh, but it also has to come from like not just one thing that Andrew Barry. I think it needs to be you can you know I like Andrew Barry. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to, but like one thing that he needs to do better is not just accumulate talent, but build a team right. So what some of this defense needs or what Schwartz is going to need is somebody that is his lieutenant on the field, right? Or takes that ass kicking to the field and makes it part of his identity. Martin Emerson, I think, did that in a big way last year. It just didn't really catch on. Uh, what are your thoughts on the tight end, uh, Kuntz, uh I think the Browns will draft one. I I think they will draft one. I don't think they'll keep Harrison around. Um, But I do think that Aikens, uh, the guy they brought in in free agency, is actually probably, they're pretty, Jordan Aikens, they're probably pretty comfortable with him as their tight end, too. And they're probably going to run a lot more 11 personnel than they have in the past. So the need for a tight end three is not great. But I would think that with eight picks and tight end being a strong part of this draft, that day three you can find a guy that you like uh, for your roster and somebody that you can develop um, for sure. Uh, Aikens, uh, great under-the-radar signing. Yeah, I, I agree. Like He, he actually is uh, very exciting um and uh does a lot uh as a pass catcher and already has that built-in chemistry with watson right so they have a lot of reps together already he is a uh um a very i think probably one of their better under the radar signings yeah absolutely so i mean perfect scenario guys i'm over an hour here but let's you know perfect scenario in my in my book right now, right, would be to, uh, any concern with the chief, uh, being 275 pounds in the office. Is, is that, is that a, is that a fact? We know he weighs 275 pounds right now. though Is that a fact the chief does that of that? would be a little concerned. I don't know. Does Twitter lie? Yes, they do. Twitter does lie. Uh, I haven't seen a picture of him or anything. I, I don't know. He's an athletic freak. He uh, he wrote that. Wow, interesting. Maybe uh, maybe he weighs two seventy five normally. If you've seen those guns, I mean, he may weigh that much as is. Uh, you know, so that may be him in in shape. You know what I mean? So. Uh, but yeah, if he's really out of shape, uh, you know, let's hope that he gets it right. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, to Larry's point, I would not be worried about it. He is an you know he is a uh, uh athletic specimen, so I I think he could probably cut that off pretty quickly. Um, but that's uh, two seventy five for the chief. It's a little alarming. I, I'm not I'm not worried about it yet though, because uh, it's we're not even we're not even to the draft yet, folks. So. Um. All right, uh, perfect scenario. Perfect scenario, uh, I would like the Browns to add uh, that defensive talk- tackle. If it's Al Woods, that's fine. Uh, my preference would be a guy like Sean Robinson, right? Uh, and then I would like them to bring in like a Carlos Dunlap right or a veteran edge uh that can make sure that you don't have to depend on um like i'm fine if they want to draft an edge instead but like it just feels like oh my gosh so you, you alex Wright, i'm not gonna say that you missed on him yet but first impressions are You missed on him, probably, or he didn't show you enough, really, that you can be like, oh, no, don't worry. He'll be fine. We can give him another 500 snaps. No, you gave him 500 snaps last year, and he got a 33 PFF grade and was terrible in space, right? I would rather him bulk up and kick him inside. I think his interior reps were much better than on the edge. That's just kind of how I feel about Alex Wright. Like, I think you can use him. I think there's a place for him on the team. But I, I don't necessarily think it's at Edge. So, Carlos Dunlap or a, a... there are There's a list. Go to my most, you know... Uh, I, I update it every couple of days. Those of you that are watching the OBR all the time. Free agent, best available. There are still 15 freaking guys at Edge uh, that can get after the... The, the quarterback. So I would add one of them, and you can even still draft one if you want. But ideally, I would spend 74 and 98 on, like, safety linebacker, probably. Like, I think you need another linebacker, and I think that, like, the only spot on the roster that you is missing, like, your third best safety on the race, roster right now is... Uh, D'Anthony uh, uh, Bell, right? Like, who I like as a player, but uh, I'm not ready to, you know, run him out there if somebody gets hurt uh, for multiple games, right? So uh, that's why where I, we like the kid from Florida State. I like him a lot. Uh, there's other names there, too. Uh, Chris Smith from Georgia. I watched some Jordan battle. This is going to be an unpopular take. Uh, From Alabama, I didn't. I I I like I like the kid from Florida State better than him, Um, and I like. uh, Here we go, Sidney Brown, Illinois. He might be gone. I like the other kid from Illinois too, Jartavius Martin. Uh, I mentioned Christopher Smith, a kid I really like, but it's gonna fall without outside the guardrails again. Uh, so they probably won't take him, but he's probably my favorite safety that'll be around there. Maybe at, like, 98 would be uh, Jai Ayer uh, Brown from Penn State. Love this kid. He's a kid that has some nasty, that has some dog that I wish they would take. Um, But, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at with, you know, I would rather them finish this defensive line post-draft pre-draft whatever and if you need to take an edge for developmental reasons or because you think you missed on Alex Wright which I don't I don't have a problem if you acknowledge that you think you missed or you think he's going to be better as an interior guy in the future And go and take another one if there's a guy there you really like. But I think there's other positions that could be addressed first. I'm not worried about running back in the third round. I think you can get one of them day three. Uh, I think you can get a a good tight end day three if you're concerned about adding depth there. Uh, I agree, Larry. I'm a big fan of Robinson. I hope he's around in that area. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, Walker's injury history Taki Taki's injury history um the guys in this linebacker room i mean we went through like 50 linebackers last year right as browns fans so uh to bring in another guy that can play middle linebacker and then maybe you can stop doing the one-year deals every year uh on your middle linebacker and you have a guy and uh, J. they can be like your two primaries moving forward, and you can kind of forget about that position. So, um, it's interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, Fumble says Coons at uh, 140, Vaughn at 142. Solve the tight end, right? Yeah, the 140, 142 area that'd be perfect range for those guys. So, um, those ones I'm fine with day three, but I think my priorities are more towards like safety uh linebacker and i don't think they'll do it but i look at at nickel corner as a a, a really important position and, and if i could trade up and go to clark Phil, uh, phillips i would do it because i think he's that good of a player so hey guys i appreciate your time joe was fantastic much smarter than me on the draft. Uh, keep locked on the OBR as we are getting into the OBR draft guide every day. We'll have two players out, uh, breaking them down and giving them a score uh, based on analytics, film, uh, Raz fit. Uh and age guardrails. Uh, that score just like we did with free agency will give you a probability of uh if they can get drafted by the Browns or not. It also takes into account uh how close they are uh or where how close they are projected to be to where the Browns uh um pick. Yeah, so I mean they guys at the OBR uh. To come up with the stuff and uh put together is great. Like nobody else is putting out scores for stuff like this. So uh make sure you do that. Make sure you visit the uh the website. You can get this hat, right? Uh but but it's a it's the salary cap. It's the salary cap. I wore it last night on with Barry, so go get the salary cap. The cap is real, baby. Those of you that say that the cap is fake, it's real. It's right here. Go get that at the OBR shop. And uh, I have another special guest next week. I'm going to stop trying to do that while I'm on the air. That was kind of silly. I have a uh, another special guest next week. Uh, so tune in for that. He is terrific. He's from Cover Three, um, and uh, he will be live. Uh, with me next week he knows his brown stuff and knows his football one of the more knowledgeable knowledgeable football people that i know I appreciate you guys so much. You're so active in the chat. I appreciate your questions. I appreciate you all watching uh, and embracing me here on Thursday nights on the OBR Twitch and YouTube channel. You guys have been fantastic. Thanks, Serge. Thanks, Red Leader, Ty Sox, Fumble, Larry, everybody that's contributed. If I forgot your name, I appreciate you. Uh, if you didn't comment and just watched, thank you for that. Hit the like button on your way out. Hit subscribe. Tell a friend. We'll be back next Thursday. I am Brad Ward. This has been another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. We are out.